Incoming! Incoming indeed. Welcome to episode 102 of One Man Watchpoint and Overwatch Podcast. Now this is, of course, a podcast where we talk about everything going on in the wonderful world of Overwatch. If you're a returning listener, thank you so much. But if you're not, allow me to introduce myself. I'm, of course, your host, Sir Dr. JM. That's at Sir DRJM on all socials, but especially over on Twitter where you can follow me and you can reach out to me, tweet at me, DM me, whatever you want. Questions for the show, comments for the show, topics, inquiries, whatever you've got, bring it to me over on Twitter and I'm happy to bring it to the show, especially as it relates to Overwatch, Overwatch 2, the Overwatch League, Blizzard games, or video games in general. I want to interact with you and bring it to the show. So bring it to me over there and we'll bring it on here. Now, enough about that. Let's get on with the show. You can, of course, find this podcast on all your favorite podcast services out there, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, etc., etc. So give us a follow, leave us a review, tell your friends, and all that jazz. And of course, if you enjoy what you hear on One Man Watchpoint, please check out the Ready, Set, Pwn podcast. Ready, Set, Pwn is, of course, your premier source for everything Vancouver Titans and Toronto Defiant, also available on podcast services everywhere. We are currently over on the Ready, Set, Pwn podcast in the middle or, or I guess just wrapping up our interview series as we head into the official start of the Overwatch League Season 6 here. We've had interviews with Sean Miller, head of the Overwatch League, Baroy, GM for the Vancouver Titans, Casores, head coach for the Toronto Defiant, and of course, Papa Punk, who is uh, the father of Punk, who plays for the Vancouver Titans. And finally, uh, our most recent interview, one that I actually had to miss, the first one I had to miss because of work hours, an interview with Till Wetterman, Senior Director for Global Team Operations for Overactive Media, of course, managing the uh, Toronto Defiant as well as the uh, Toronto Ultra, and I believe the Mad Lions uh, Overactive Media's League of Legends team. So check that one out. I'm excited to listen to that interview, given that I was unable to attend. Now, we've, of course, got a pretty packed episode here as we're going to look at the Pro-Am and check out all the details we have thus far, which may or may not be all the details we'd expect. So, without further ado, let's dive on here. It'll take more than that to stop me. All right, before we get too far ahead of ourselves and talk about the Pro-Am, we're actually going to start things off by talking a little bit about the... Shanghai Dragons. Of course, the newly announced roster for the Shanghai Dragons. Now, this article comes by way of Jeremy Gahn over on Dexerto, posted on March 8th, and the article reads, Overwatch stars Fleta and DM lock in surprise role swaps ahead of 2023 OWL season. The 2023 offseason of OWL is about to wrap up, and that means rosters for most teams are being announced. One such team that has been waiting to join the part is the Shanghai Dragons, but now we've got a good idea of what to expect when they next load into a match. The star DPS and 2022 OWL MVP Fleta has now pivoted to the tank role instead of his trademark DPS. The Dragons seem to have solidified their DPS lineup with Hisu as the hitscan and Viper as the second damage player. However, role swaps don't stop there for the Dragons in 2023. DM is back from retirement and now playing once again for Shanghai. Though instead of hitscan DPS, he's known for, uh, sorry, instead of, yeah, it says instead of hitscan DPS he is known for, he has shifted onto the support role, with Gangnam Jin as the other support player. The change comes as a shock to the entire community, as Fleta and DM were known as one of the greatest DPS lineups in Overwatch history. Even earning an Owl trophy along the way, along with MVP trophy for Fleta as well. 
This is not the first time a star DPS player has shifted into other roles. Dante famously switched to the tank role in his move to the LA Gladiators, except he actually did that last season, but I digress. Although he did have prior owl experience on the role during the GOATS era. Fleta historically does not have much tank experience recorded in Owl. With what little time he has recorded when he uses Echo's ult to transform into a tank hero. Yeah, that wasn't really a sentence, was it? This, this article isn't the most well-written, but I digress. Meanwhile, DM2 does not have any record recorded experience in the support role. If you'd like to keep up with any Owl roster shifts, you can find our coverage here. Now, that, of course, is the end of the article there. Uh, so that's everything we know about the Shanghai Dragon. So as they mentioned there, a couple of surprising changes, uh, or announcements, I should say, to say the least. Um, and uh, not the only roster that we have to talk about here. Now I'm going to jump ahead a little bit, and this time we're going to head on over to thegamehouse.com with an article by Debacal, uh, this time posted on March 13th, which reads the Soul Dynasty Season 6 roster. The long-awaited roster announcement for the Soul Dynasty has finally dropped. For most of the offseason, the Tiger Nation has only had the knowledge that their MVP Prophet would be returning to the stage in black and gold. This upcoming season looks promising with the talent that will be joining the squad in the sixth season of the Overwatch League. One of the biggest surprises comes in the form of the Dynasty's new main tank. At the end of Season 5 of the Overwatch League, the Shanghai Dragons gave a heartfelt goodbye to their longtime captain. It was said that Void would be going into the mandatory military service as he is a 1996. That, of course, means he was born in 1996. Not only has Void shown that he can hold his own as a solo tank for the team, well, his time on the Dragons, but that he also has great leadership skills that can help with a team of many rookies. For the DPS, the community already knew about Profit rejoining the Soul Dynasty. To join will be the Overwatch League rookie of Profit. Now, that was Profit the first time, and Prof Et the second time. Prof Et comes from the contender's team of O2. He is a hitscan specialist that is reminiscent of Fitz. His widow has was legendary on maps like Circuit Royale, well on his time on O2. Support. To some, the Krillin might seem like an odd pickup, but Krillin played with Profit, that's Profit, during the London Spitfire era. He's also close with the head coach, Toby. This will be his third team, as he was also part of the Washington Justice. He's most well-known for his Ana and Zen. Lee Suman is also a Gen G Contenders player. He's been playing well on Sinprisa Gaming, the Kariko, and Brig. Between Lee Suman and Krillin, there's a lot of overlap in heroes. This does bring to the forefront the question of who will be the Lucio player. With the meta favoring a fast-paced dive-esque, a Lucio is essential. Season 6 roster. With the great season that the Soul Dynasty had last season, this new team has a lot to live up to. No doubt with a veteran player like Profit at the helm, the new players are in good hands. There's still the mystery sixth player that the Dynasty has not yet announced who will be joining this team for Season 6. The Tiger White Nation cannot wait until April 27th, 2023 for the regular season to start and see the team in action. So there you go. That is a look at the Shanghai Dragons roster. Of course, we knew a couple of those, I believe, but bringing Void, Prophet, Krillin, and Lee Suman onto the team as their complete roster. So, that's the roster talk. Now, of course, at the end of the episode, I will jump into the Overwatch League 2023 offseason trade tracker a little bit and just recap some of those. Uh, there were a couple other smaller announcements that I want to touch on as well. But, once again, we're going to rewind back in time just a little bit here. Head on over to .esports.com with an article by March 10th. 
sorry, by Jessica Sharnagel, posted on March 10th, which reads, Overwatch commercial leader and VP at Blizzard, John Spector, to depart company after six years. After six years of working with Blizzard on Overwatch, Vice President and Commercial Leader John Spector is leaving the company at the end of March, he announced today. The former head of the Overwatch League didn't say where he's going next, but reiterated his love for the team behind the shooter in his farewell message. Spector started at Blizzard as a senior director for the Overwatch League. Almost three years after he started, he was promoted to the head of the Owl, where he served as the face of the league for about a year and was the one giving fans updates on where the esport was headed and what was changing. Soon after, he was promoted again to commercial leader and vice president of Overwatch. During his tenure at Blizzard, Spectre became one of the most recognizable faces along with Overwatch director Aaron Keller when the game had updates and would feature interviews with the players. Quote, After six amazing years, I've decided to hang up my sword and am leaving Blizzard at the end of March. Spectre said in a farewell message on Twitter. Quote, Working on Overwatch has been the highlight of my career. Team 4 brings immense talent and passion to their work every day. Spectre will be joining the team, uh, sorry, will be working with the team as he transitions to his next step in his career, which he hasn't elaborated on just yet. There has been no indication of when or if he will announce his newest adventure, so those who enjoyed his contributions to Overwatch will have to keep an eye on his social media to see where he will go next. So there you have it. That's the the breakdown of John Spectre, of course. A pretty surprising one, I think, for most people. Certainly, John was a well-known name amongst the Overwatch League, as uh, you know the article touched on there. Um, he headed up the league for, uh, I believe they said a year and a half there, a year maybe. Um, so certainly, he was the first head of the league that I knew of, uh, and I remember when he sort of handed the reins over to uh, Sean Miller. Um, but ultimately, I think uh, it seemed like things were going well. It seemed like he was maybe steering things or helping to steer things in the right direction, of course, working with Aaron Keller. Um, it's hard to truly say what exactly his role entailed or where his um, influence was seen, but I'd like to think, you know, given commercial lead and that kind of thing, I'd like to think that he has some had something in the background to do with deals like the One Punch Man deal um, and, of course, maybe some further ones that we might just see you know, upcoming in the near or uh, a little bit farther out future. So let's move on. This time we're going to head on over to Dexerto.com with an article by Declan McLaughlin posted on March 15th. Now, I'm not going to touch too much on this uh, story overall. I'm going to read through the article here to give you the facts, of course. If you are curious where my personal thoughts are, I would recommend you listen to the most re- recent episode of Plat Chat. Of course, that is Plat Chat episode... Gosh, I don't even know what episode number they're on. Episode number 170. And uh, listen to what Avast says, because he, I think he actually brings some good insight to the discussion around uh, what this article is going to talk about. Um, and I think he approaches it in the right manner. So let's read the article here. London Spitfire takes action after Overwatch Pro jokes about raping owl opponents. The London Spitfire have released a statement one day after scrim footage of the team leaked online with a player stating he was, quote, raping his opponents, saying they have taken, quote, immediate action. The Overwatch League is in its offseason as teams are still finalizing their rosters for the upcoming season. Many teams across OWL have been trialing players and coaches ahead of the start and the March 13th free agency deadline. Past March 13th, teams will will need to have a minimum of five players signed for the season according to OWL rules. 
On March 14th, a short clip of scrim footage from the Owl Team London Spitfire was leaked on Twitter. In the clip, one player can be heard saying, I'm raping, and another saying, the rapist. The two players are presumed to be Sky Ripper, who was last seen playing for the Vancouver Titans, and Hadi, who has been with the London Spitfire since 2019 and came up through its academy team. The leaked scrim is presumably from the Spitfire trialing players like Sky Ripper, who has not been announced as part of the 2023 squad. The clip quickly racked up views as fans called for action against the players. One day later, the team put out a statement about the leaked footage and said the organization will take immediate action. Quote, there are zero excuses for this kind of behavior. This does not reflect the organizational beliefs of the London Spitfire in any shape or form, the statement said. We'd like to apologize to the community at large and promise to work with our players to help them grow and make sure this never happens again. The statement also said the players involved, presumably the two heard in the clip, will take sensitivity training with a, quote, professional. The OWL 2023 Pro-Am is set to start on March 23rd and features teams from OWL and teams that made the event through the North American Qualifier. So again, this article actually does a good job of just straight up presenting the facts. Here's what happened. Here's what we know. Um, and here's what was said, you know, by the players and as well as uh, the comments made by the team and the organization as a whole. So the big takeaway here, I think, uh, again, if you really want to know my thoughts, um, I, I fall very much in line with what Avast said. Um, he basically presents the argument that uh, it doesn't matter what your feelings are on the 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 comments that were actually said uh, in a working environment, would these comments be okay? Absolutely not. Um, and your workplace would certainly take action if you were found to be saying things like this, right? These guys are young guys and they need to understand that uh, they are professionals and they need to uh, be professional um, regardless of the fact that uh, the statements that they made were, you know, egregious. So... Anyways, let's move on. Our next article comes by way of The Game House, this time by Brian Rockwood, posted on March 15th. And the article reads, Here are the amateur teams locked in for the OWL Pro-Am. So, this is where we get into the Pro-Am talk. So, of course, in case you didn't know, the Overwatch League is trying something new to kick off the 2023 season. Rather than have Overwatch League teams participate in preseason matches like the inaugural season, the OWL will host its first ever Pro-Am tournament. Dozens of Tier 2 teams battled through a grueling double-a-limb bracket in order to secure a spot in the Pro-Am and a chance to showcase their skills on the big stage. 32 teams entered between North America and EMEA, and now only 7 will compete on March 23rd. North American Qualifiers. The North American bracket featured a healthy balance of familiar faces and brand new competitors. Notably, there was one team that was missing that contenders fans expected to be a favorite to win the qualifier. Odyssey was one of the new teams that found themselves without a paddle thanks to a few players leaving mere moments before the roster lock deadline. With such a dominant team missing, a new team would need to step up and fill the void left by Odyssey's departure. So, first things first, we have the Maryville Saints in first place. Now, this is of course uh, DPS players King and uh, sorry King and Tree. Now, you might remember King, of course, from the Vancouver Titans of last season. Tank, False, and Mickey. Now, of course, you might remember False as the Tank uh, player for the Vancouver Titans. And you might remember Mickey as the Wrecking Ball Tank for the San Francisco Shock. We've then got Support players Vega and CJ and Flex Cyrus. With several former OWL players, Maryville was certainly seen as one of the favorites to glide through the North American qualifiers. And wow, did they roll. Before the Grand Finals, the Saints lost just two maps, 
one to Redbird Esports, and the other to the eventual second-place Trick Room. Led by DPS Tree, the Saints looked unbeatable throughout the tournament. The Saints have a good chance to upset some of the lower-tier Owl teams, uh, sorry, Owl rosters, and after watching some of the leaked scrims that went around this past week, they could even make some of the tougher North American teams sweat. Now our second-place team is Trick Room. DPS Pummy, Boat, and Excal. Tank, Infected, Anyhow, Support, Magic, Mateball, Angelic, and Hanbei. Trick Room was one of those Dark Horse teams that finally hit their stride at the right time. Trick Room is a team packed with familiar contenders players like Boat, Exal, Magic, Mateball, that's an, such an interesting name, and Angelic, that's looking to take the next step. They looked fantastic in the qualifier and even took down Redbird Esports in a tight five-map series. It'll be fascinating to watch this team take on the Owl teams and see if they can build on their second-place finish. And third place is, of course, Redbird Esports. DPS, Vision, Grathen, Tank, Gig, Moving Fish, Saddest. Support, Lyar, and Renko. Redbird Esports is a name that is synonymous with, with success. In the past few contender seasons, the Redbirds have consistently taken or fought for the top spot in any event they enter. Spearheaded by former Owl Tank Gig and backed by veteran backline Liar and Renko, Redbird Esports should prove to be a worthy opponent for Owl teams at the Pro-Am. Fourth place, Timeless, DPS Wub, Zira, Doomed, Tank Kuffa, Clear, Support, Neptune, Kyle, Otters. Timeless was another team that felt burnt from the roster lock as they lost one of their uh, key DPS players, Arrow. Luckily, Timeless was able to band together and pull through the lower bracket in order to earn a spot in the Pro-Am. A plucky underdog team, Timeless is looking to make a mark on both viewers and Owl teams as they step up to bat against the best teams in North America. Fifth place, Wisp. DPS, Rocket, Chopper, Tank, Crimson, Kami, Krawy. Support, Imitra, Abik, and Grapes. I forgot to mention there, um, over back on Timeless, of course, Wub, playing for the formerly the Paris Eternal. Um, and then, of course, on Wisp that we just went through, uh, we had uh, Krawi, I believe, also playing on the Paris Eternal last season. Uh, back to Wisp. The last in the Pro-Am from the North American bracket is Wisp, a team that is very familiar with placing fifth. Despite their past stumbles, Wisp is a team that found success early in Overwatch 2. When Krawi was brought up to the Owl, uh, his absence was certainly felt. Now he returns with a vengeance as he is sure to square off against his former team, the Vegas Eternal. Look for this DPS line of Rocket and Chopper to do a lot of the heavy work for this scrappy Wisp roster. There you go, I was correct about Krawi. EMEA qualifiers. It is a head-to-head -head scratcher as to why EMEA received only two slots while North America received five, as there were still some competitive rosters in the EMEA bracket that barely missed a pro-am bid. First place, Twisted Minds. We've got DPS Quartz, UB, and LBBD7. We've got Tank KSA. We've got Support Nutella and Slay. Of course, KSA, formerly of the Vancouver Titans, uh, a couple seasons back. Twisted Minds is a team that got its start in the Saudi E-League environment and found its way into the EU contender scene. Though they struggled in the Run It Back tournament, Twisted Minds has a talented roster that can put a hurting on underprepared teams. They refuse to drop a match in the qualifier and are certainly a team to keep an eye on throughout the Pro-Am. Also fun to watch, KSA makes his return to the Owl stage after a rookie season on the Vancouver Titans. And our second place EMEA team is Team Peps, DPS Hybrid, and Naga. Tank, Crandop, Molfig, Support, Kellex, and Zerion. 
The names may be familiar, but no, this is not an official Owl team. Team Peps has been a name that has served sort of a home for as sort of a home for dropped Owl players. The DPS pair of Naga and Hybrid are poised to make some noise this Pro-Am as they get a pseudo-second chance to compete in the Overwatch League. The only non-former Owl players, Candrop and Zerion, are the two names to watch in this roster. They've been in contenders for some time and are surely going to do their best to leave a lasting impression on those teams who may need subs throughout the year. So there you have it. That's actually a bit of a look at every team uh, coming up from contenders into the Pro-Am tournament. And this is something that I wanted to do because I personally don't know almost anything about uh, the contender scene, right? I, I, I know the names of some of the teams, uh, but I do not follow the contender scene at all. So I don't really know, you know, uh, how the, what these teams' records are. I have a general idea just from following the scene that, you know, Redbird Esports is a pretty common one uh, that you hear talked about very highly. Uh, Maryville Saints as well. Um, another one that I, you know, wasn't on the list, of course, American Tornado, but we know that a lot of American Tornado has been uh, brought up into the actual... Uh, Overwatch League and things like that. But, you know, nonetheless, really nice to see these. And also nice to see some familiar names, uh, especially, you know, looking at Team Peps there, of course, recognizing Naga um, and Kellex and Hybrid and Molfig. Um, you know, all these names. It's really just exciting to hear some of these coming back. And, and of course, they've also got uh, the logos here and uh, the team colors there, which is great to see. And I'm really excited to see these teams coming on up. So to talk further on the Pro-Am, of course, we're now going to head on over to overwatchleague.com with an article by Sean Miller, head of the Overwatch League himself, posted on March 15th, which reads Pro-Am West details and update on team locations. The offseason is ending, and 2023 Overwatch League action is kicking off next week with the Pro-Am West on March 23rd. Over the last couple of weeks, more than 200 teams across the North American and Europe Middle East regions competed for only seven spots. Congratulations to Saints, that would be the Maryville Saints, Trick Room, Redbird Esports, Timeless, and Wisp from North America, and Twisted Minds and Team Peps from EMEA on qualifying. We can't wait to see your incredible talent go up against the Overwatch League teams. Now that all Overwatch League teams are locked into their regions, we wanted to give a full picture of where they'll be competing from this season. Of course, we have the West, the Atlanta Reign, the Boston Uprising, the Florida Mayhem, the Houston Outlaws, the London Spitfire, the Los Angeles Gladiators, the Los Angeles Valiant, the New York Excelsior, the San Francisco Shock, the Toronto Defiant, the Vancouver Titans, the Vegas Eternal, and the Washington Justice. And then in the East, we have seven teams. With the Chengdu Hunters, the Dallas Field, the Guangzhou Charge, the Hangzhou Spark, the Seoul Dynasty, the Seoul Infernal, and the Shanghai Dragons. This season's move to a more open ecosystem is a uh, culmination sorry, of years of planning collaboration with our teams and a celebration of Overwatch 2. With the West Pro-Am kicking off next week in the East Regions format change, we wanted to shed some light on these decisions and what we're hoping to achieve with them. Given the success of Overwatch 2 and our evolution to a free-to-play world, we're prioritizing building a healthier competitive ecosystem that better elevates competition outside of the Overwatch League. Not only does that help build esports sustainability, we believe it also makes the professional level of competition even more compelling. The Pro-Am West and East region format will showcase what it takes to be a pro while celebrating the amazing talent that exists in the open division and contenders. So, we've then got a nice little infographic here which shows the path to pro, and we've got the Overwatch Open division, we've got the Overwatch contenders, 
and the Overwatch League. Now, what I want to highlight here is, of course, we all know the Overwatch League with the black and orange with Tracer's silhouette in the center. We know the Overwatch Contenders logo with the green and black with Genji in the center. And we now have a new Open Division logo where we've got the a black and red with Sojourn's silhouette in the center there. Very nice, very pretty looking logo we've got there now. Let's continue. We wanted to accomplish a few things specifically for the upcoming Pro-Am West. Maximize the number of games for all teams present uh, sorry, for, sorry, wow. Maximize the number of games for all teams, present balanced competition, and provide global exposure to contenders, teams, and players. These objectives are best accomplished through group play, which is why we have 20 teams split into four groups of five, all playing a round robin over two weeks before heading into the end eight team single elimination that's right single elimination bracket in the final week we also wanted the groups to be as even as possible so we balance them largely based on last season's rankings most groups will include two contenders teams so let's look at the breakdown here we've got our format and our bracket so week one and two are round robin we have our group a through d so that's a b c d and here's the breakdown of each group group a the Vancouver Titans, the San Francisco Shock, the Florida Mayhem. We've then got Trick Room and Timeless. After that, in Group B, we've got the Atlanta Rain, the London Spitfire, the Los Angeles Valiant, the Vegas, that's right, the Vegas, not the Paris, but the Vegas Eternal. And then, of course, we've got, here, here I go stalling as I pull up the logo to make sure I know who this is. Is that the Saints? That is the Saints. Sorry, their color, uh, their logo is different color, so I wasn't sure. But the Maryville Saints. Then in Group C, we've got the Washington Justice, the Los Angeles Gladiators, the Boston Uprising, and we have Wisp and Peps. And finally, in Group D, we have the Toronto Defiant. We have the New York Excelsior, the Houston Outlaws. We have uh, Twisted Minds and Redbird Esports. Then, so that's weeks one and two in the round robin stage. Uh, sorry, uh, yeah, I guess stage. In week three, we then go into the sim single elimination bracket. So here it breaks down into four different groups. First, uh, it's not even, I don't know how to phrase this. It breaks down into four different uh, face-offs, I guess, where we have group 1A against group 2B. We then have group 1C against group 2D. We then have group 1D against group 2A. And then group 1B against group 2C. Then we have in the next round the winner of group 1 against the winner of group 2. We then have a separate match with the winner of group 3 against the winner of group 4. And then finally the group 7 is the winner of group 5 and the winner of group 6, which were those two matches that just happened. Now, I'm sure all of that was a bunch of gobbledygook if you're listening to this i highly recommend go to the overwatch league uh website and find this article once again it was called pro-am west details and update on team locations scroll on down to about halfway through the article you'll see the nice infographic which actually shows what i just read you continuing on with the article i'm thrilled about the groups that we ended up with as shown above and the schedule it's also worth mentioning that we're we're working hard to sorry to support contenders players in both north america and emea not only through training and materials but also by providing travel and a facility in london for emea teams so they can compete with acceptable ping levels the start times for the pro-am will be at 1 p.m pt each match day 
as many contenders players are juggling other life obligations, this was the most amenable start time for everyone involved in the tournament. The Pro-Am map pools will be as follows. Pro-Am West map pool. We've then got an infographic of the map. So for control, we have Antarctic Peninsula. That's right. The newest map to the game. Antarctic Peninsula making an appearance. We have Nepal, a uh, fan favorite, I'd say. We have Ilios, another favorite, arguably. We have Lijang Tower, probably another favorite, if I if I were to be honest. And then we have Oasis, probably, you know, I wouldn't say Oasis is anyone's favorite. But not not a dislike map. On the hybrid front, we then have Blizzard World, I personal favorite. I don't know about fan favorite. King's Row, definitely a fan favorite. And Hollywood, I think one that uh, is generally well-liked. Moving on over to Escort, we have Havana. We have Rialto. We have the Shambali Monastery. That's right, the second newest map to Overwatch 2. And finally, Junkertown. And then moving into Push, of course, we have Coliseo. We have Esperanza. And we have New Queen Street. So there you have it. That's the map pool. We have a ton to look forward to, and I can't wait to get started. Looking ahead to the weekend of Overwatch 2 Season 4 launch, we plan to hold a small tournament featuring various pro players and influencers, which will highlight the exciting new things coming to the game. Then the 2023 Overwatch League regular season starts on April 27th. Keep an eye out for the full spring stage schedule, talent lineup, small tournament details, updates on our mid-season madness event, and of course, drops. See you on March 23rd. So, pretty lengthy article there. Um, a lot to talk about. Of course, they're confirming the teams in each region. Uh, you know, um, also confirming the path to pro, confirming uh, the, the schedule and the format and bracket that we're going to see. Of course, confirming the map pool as well for the Pro-Am tournament. Now, we just went over all that. Let's discuss a little bit of it. And what we're also going to do, I'm also going to highlight a few of the things that I think we're actually missing. A few things that we have not been provided. So, first things first. As I mentioned, it's interesting because they confirm. In the West region, we have 13 teams, and in the East region, we have 7 teams. They do, in fact, say 7, and the first one listed there, now granted it's alphabetical, but the first one listed is the Chengdu Hunters. Now, this is interesting, of course, because on last week's episode, and of course, if you caught Ready, Set, Pwn recently uh, on one of our recent episodes there, we talked about the fact that the rumor is the Chengdu Hunters have folded entirely. So in my mind, this confirms that they will make an appearance of some sort. Now, who knows what that's going to look like and who knows what shape or form that will take. It very well could be that the organization has folded or has let go of their that uh the their overwatch league slot entirely and the league now owns the chengdu hunters who really knows but in any case i'm taking this as confirmation that the chengdu hunters do still exist in some way shape or form now let's move on there because that's uh it's although that's a juicy one um it's not necessarily the most relevant one right now so moving on from there of course we know our format and bracket um, it'll be very interesting to see who makes it out of these these stages and who ultimately takes the the grand prize here. Um, if we're looking at Group A, once again, that was Vancouver, San Francisco, Florida, Trick Room, and uh, Timeless. The interesting thing about this group is that the rumor has it uh, that San Francisco is not actually in their region yet. Uh, from the sounds of it, none of the team has visas, and because of that, uh, it could be a little tricky, and they could definitely be playing on pig. So the San Francisco that we're all expecting to see this season may not show up, meaning the two teams that probably advance from here 
would, of course, be the Vancouver Titans and the Florida Mayhem. Now, again, that's nothing against Trick Room or Timeless, but from what I've heard, it's not going to be incredibly likely that one of these contenders teams upsets the Overwatch League teams. Uh, from what I've also heard, Vancouver Titans and Scrims, looking pretty good. And Florida Mayhem, not looking too shabby. Group B, of course, we then have actually four Overwatch League teams, right? That's the interesting thing about Group B, is that there's four Overwatch League teams. The Atlanta Rain, the London Spitfire, the Los Angeles Valiant, and the Vegas Eternal. Now, the interesting thing here is the final team is the Maryville Esports team. Uh, sorry, what was it? Maryville Saints, sorry. So, what's interesting about this? Well, the fact that the Vegas Eternal is basically a team of contenders players, and the Los Angeles Valiant is basically some weird cobbled together roster that nobody is really sure about. So there's actually a pretty good chance that if you were ranking these teams one through five, uh, the the Maryville Saints actually wind up in third or second place. I think there's no denying most people will probably expect the Atlanta Rain to place first. They have a pretty sick roster this year. Um, but then between the London Spitfire, who... Uh, uh, probably have a decent roster if we're basing things on their uh, results last season, but also have a bit of an unconfirmed roster at this very moment. Uh, it's a little bit interesting because Maryville does stand a chance of placing, you know, in that one or two slot. So could be could be a bit of an interesting uh, mix or shakeup here. Moving on to Group C, we go back to three Overwatch League teams with the Washington Justice of the Los Angeles Gladiators and the Boston Uprising, and then of course we have Peps and. Is it Wisp? Wisp, that's right. I'm starting to learn these logos. I'm starting to get the, the groove of these contenders teams. Um, this this group, I don't know too much about the contenders teams. I haven't heard too much about them from what I've, you know, the small amount of what I've watched thus far. Um, I think the two favored teams, of course, are the Los Angeles Gladiators and the Boston Uprising. But the rumors are Los Angeles Gladiators not performing too well in scrims, uh, looking like the team needs to build a lot of uh, synergy amongst themselves, despite the talent that they do have, especially on uh, you know something like their DPS line. Um, is there a chance that Washington upsets them and maybe takes the second spot? I'd say that seems likely. And then, of course, we have the Boston conundrum, where seemingly Boston may be not quite as strong as a lot of people are hoping. Uh, given the team synergy thing and given some of the coach coaching staff leading to uh, some questionable uh, decisions around this team. So we'll see what happens in Group C. Group D, we have the Toronto Defiant, the New York Excelsior, the Houston Outlaws against, or sorry, not against. And we also have Trickmind. Was it Trickmind? Is it, am I saying that right? Is that, is that, is that correct? Trick, trick mind, trick, trick, uh, twisted minds. Why did I say trick? Mind? Oh, it's because trick room, twisted minds, and Redbird Esports. Now, again, Redbird. Obviously, they were the third place seed in the pro uh, in the qualifiers there, um, and uh, Twisted Minds uh, a little bit lower. Uh, well, I guess not really lower. First place in the EMEA qualifiers. Um, so a pretty competitive group here, I'd say. The only one that I think. Uh, you know, stands out is the New York Excelsior, who did announce a roster just as of today. Um, and we'll actually talk about this right after this. I should have looped this in with uh, the Seoul Dynasty in Shanghai conversation, but whatever. Um, anyways, an interesting roster nonetheless from their side of things, uh, but I don't think it's going to be too impressive of a roster. What will be interesting to see is how Twisted Minds does 
and of course as well how Redbird does against the New York Excelsior. I think it's probably no doubt in most people's minds that the Houston Outlaws and the Toronto Defiant are the top two teams in this group, but who knows uh, what could happen with those uh, those bottom three teams, uh, you know, maybe getting a win over an Overwatch League team and uh, kind of getting on a roll or something there. So anyways, interesting stuff there. And interesting that we then go into a single elimination elimination bracket. Now, what does that decision come down to? I imagine, you know, it's a number of things, not in the least being schedule and time. Uh, of course, schedule, as they mentioned, a lot of the contenders teams, uh, players, this is not their live, well, it's not their, their sole livelihood kind of thing. They do have other, you know, commitments, be it school or work or whatever else. So they can't, you know, focus on Overwatch uh, to the extent that the Overwatch League teams and players do, right? So I'm sure the scheduling of a double limb bracket would take a lot more time out of their, their pockets. And at the same time, a double in bracket takes so much actual time. You know, when we've seen these in the past, it's usually a Tuesday through Saturday affair, and it's sometimes 12-hour days. So anyways, interesting that it's single limb. I'm curious to see if we see more single limb stuff uh, coming in the season. From what we know, of course, we know there's only the Mid-Season Madness tournament and then the Grand Champs uh, or the Championship. But... It'll be interesting to see if, you know, other teams or other events happen where they maybe do something like single limb tournament. Moving on from there, our map pool, discuss that. Nothing too exciting there. Uh, some interesting maps coming into play. I'm happy to see the two new maps coming in there. But anyways, just, just interesting overall. But they do actually highlight at the end here something interesting. They say, keep an eye out for the full spring stage schedule talent lineup, small tournament details, updates on our mid-season madness event, and of course, drops. See you March 23rd. So the interesting thing here is, at the time of recording this, it actually, we just crossed midnight, so it's March 22nd. So tomorrow is March 23rd. We currently do not know the full spring schedule. Now, granted, I could see that coming as a later pop after, of course, we get uh, this tournament over and done with. So... If the league actually kicks off April 27th or, or uh, the regular season kicks off April 27th, of course, they'll probably, I would suggest, let this tournament burn, give a, you know, maybe a week or two off, and then start drumming up hype maybe a week, two weeks out from the 27th. So earliest, I would suggest we're going to hear something probably week of April 10th through 14th. Um, and I would probably suggest we're not going to hear much until April 17th to 21st even, just knowing the Overwatch League and how they've operated in the past. And that's how I feel, at least schedule-wise. But they touch on some other interesting things here. We don't know the talent lineup. We don't know who our casters are. We don't know who our commentators are. We don't know what our desk looks like. And that's really interesting, because in one day's time, the Pro-Am tournament will be happening. And we don't know who's going to be shouting at us about that. So I find that interesting, because I would love to see some hype around the desk, around the analysts around your commentators but unfortunately we just don't have anything yet they then actually obviously mentioned talent lineup and that's what i'm talking about but they then mentioned small tournament details and this is where i kind of touched on uh, some of this with uh with reference to the single limb bracket they say small tournament details which says to me that the league will be organizing some of these things 
um, perhaps in the bye weeks, perhaps just when teams aren't playing, things like that. But I'm really excited to see what exactly this means. This, this small comment in here, it's three words at the end of this article. But this says to me, they have something up their sleeves that we're not expecting. So I'm really excited to see what that means. They then, of course, also say updates on our midseason madness event. So, you know, naturally, we don't know what the format of that is. We don't know the exact dates. We don't know where it's going to be. Um, but it should be interesting to see all those details come out. And then, of course, they touch on drops. Now, actually, at the top of the show, I should have mentioned, there is another drops campaign on right now. I believe you can earn a Blackwatch uh, um, weapon charm. Um, and I'm not sure if there's a second tier to it or anything like that. But in any case, very exciting stuff. And I'm excited to hear more about the league going forward now let's head on back over to esports.com this time with an article by scott robertson posted on march 21st which reads nyxl sign ambitious mixed gender overwatch roster project before 2023 owl season sorry that was a mouthful i wasn't expecting that extra word project there um i should have looped this in with the soul dynasty and shanghai dragons talk but i'm gonna use the excuse that that was the east region and now we're moving over to the west region so i split it up like that on purpose so let's go with that with just a couple of days to spare before the start of the 2023 overwatch league pro-am west event to kick off the sixth owl season the new york excelsior has announced its complete roster for this season the new york i should say the nyxl roster consists of one tank three dps and four supports featuring numerous owl veterans and as well as a number of contenders players making their owl debuts the roster also features a couple of players who identify as she slash her. Halo, who has played at the Owl level in the past for Boston Uprising, and Anyun. The support duo recently won the Calling All Heroes Challengers Cup Final with the Altoria Artemis roster. The mixed roster represents a scale back of sorts from the originally reported NYXL plan to build a full roster of players representing underrepresented genders sources familiar with the organization's plans that spoke to dot esports back in the late black sorry back in late november said that while the original plan was well-intentioned there was concern there wasn't enough owl level talent from that group of players interestingly that source that spoke to dot esports explicitly stated that the nyxl did quote not want to consider a mixed roster because the statement isn't wide enough Months later, however, a mixed roster is precisely what the organization has gone with heading into the 2023 season. NYXL is heading into the 2023 season after a lackluster end to a disappointing 2022 season where they went 4-20, leading to a full release of the roster at the start of the offseason. The team, however, did resign one former player to a new deal in Soul Tank Kellen. NYXL will make its debut at the OWL 2023 Pro-Am West Exhibition Tournament on March 30th against the houston outlaws so there you have it um i don't have too much to say about this obviously i you know episodes and episodes ago uh we had reported on the fact that the nyxl uh, organization was in talks about this underrepresented gender stuff um and that people from underrepresented gender genders sorry were speaking out against the organization's deci decision it seems like they heard some of that feedback, um, perhaps, I'd like to think in an ideal world, uh, they approached those players that they had been in talks with and talked to them about it as well. Um, certainly, I hope that players were brought onto this team based on their merit, and with or in seeing them make this decision to still proceed with a mixed roster, uh, but 
have it sort of scaled back. It does say to me that perhaps there's an element of the merit behind some of these players, right? Um, perhaps they did sort of do some due diligence to look at these players and say, okay, who is actually owl level? Maybe they put them through some special trials or something like that, uh, just like they do all their other players, uh, to say, are you at this level? Do we want to sign you as a player, regardless of your gender and that kind of thing? Um, again, very hard to say. Who knows what exactly happened here? Um, I hope it's not that they scaled back just purely because of reaction. I hope they scaled back because they understand what they were doing and what they, the potential they had uh, for either positive or negative uh, impact from this. It's all very hard to say, and who knows how it's going to turn out. Um, I'm sure New York fans are hopeful for a successful season because, hey, I've never really seen them have one. But <laughs> anyways, moving on from there, that's actually the end of our news section here. So we're going to head on over for a quick look at the 2023 Overwatch League offseason trade tracker. I'm not even close to done. All right. So as we take a look at the uh, sorry offseason trade tracker here, uh, we will start on March 6th. As last time, we read the March 5th update where we saw the Hangzhou Spark and the Washington Justice building out their rosters. So on March 6th, the Hangzhou Spark added Langsa and Monk. On March 8th, the Shanghai Dragons added Viper, DM, Gangnam Jin, Hisu, and Fleta. They also, I believe just today, announced the Shanghai, uh, sorry, announced Bebe as a player coach, but I could be wrong about that one. Then finally on March 13th, the Soul Dynasty adds Prophet, Void, Krillin, and Lisu Min. Then, as we just discussed, of course, the entire New York Excelsior roster dropped again, as we just discussed. Now that's it. That's all we have for the Overwatch League offseason trade tracker for 2023. So in theory, this actually presents us with almost our complete look at rosters for teams. The interesting thing here is if I pull up the full roster uh, list, we have a number of teams that still have five players. That's right, the Chengdu Hunters, the Dallas Fuel, the Guangzhou Charge, the LA Valiant officially have zero players announced. The London Spitfire only have five. The Vegas Eternal have five. The Soul Dynasty. The Soul Infernal. And, of course, the Vancouver Titans. So what exactly is going to happen with all of these players? Goodness gracious. Or all of these teams, I should say. Goodness gracious. Who knows? The rumor is that uh, even though they may have not have announced, they will have these rosters filled already. Um, but the most interesting part will be if a team shows up and starts playing and they do only have these five recorded, what does that mean? Well, that probably means that somewhere under the rug, they have signed or or they officially have a coach listed as a player coach. Uh, we know from our Ready, Set, Pwn interview with uh, Vancouver Titans GM Baroy that teams can do that. And we also know that uh, some teams have already announced a player coach like that. So very interesting, but it is a possibility. It is something that... Uh, that teams could be looking at doing as sort of a workaround, sort of a little sneaky way to sneak it in there. So anyways, that is a look at your rosters. Now, guess what? Because we have the Pro-Am tournament coming up, that means we have an actual Overwatch League schedule. So we're going to go ahead 
and we're going to head on into that and we're going to talk a little bit about that. So without further ado, let's take a look at our schedule of upcoming games. Week one in the Pro-Am Tournament. This is our Pro-Am West, which kicks off Thursday, March 23rd at 1 p.m. Now, I believe this is my local time. Is this not? They used to have a little thing that said uh, all times are in local time. I don't see that anywhere, but... Oh, all your times are in local time. Okay, so this would be 12 o'clock Pacific time, but 1 o'clock Mountain time. That's right, Mountain time, best time. I don't, I don't have a fun little saying, but anyways, Thursday, March 23rd at 1 p.m., the Florida Mayhem will kick things off against the San Francisco Shock. Should be an exciting matchup there. Thursday, March 23rd at 2 p.m., the London Spitfire will kick things off against the Atlanta Rain. Then at 3 p.m., the San Francisco Shock actually play a second match. Wow, two in one day already. Uh, they will play against Trick Room. Now, these times must be placeholder uh, these would be the earliest the games can start, I assume, based simply on the fact that the Florida against San Francisco match could, in theory, stretch that whole two-hour length and go longer. I'd be shocked if that were to happen. <laughs> shocked. I'd be mayhemed. <laughs> Anyways. Um, but yeah, these, these must just be placeholder. Uh, but I do believe we will have more than one match going on at the same time because of the different groups, right? So Florida, San Francisco, and Florida or and San Francisco Trick Room all being in the same group. Meanwhile, London and Atlanta being in separate groups, there can be some overlap there. So, anyways, I digress. Just explaining for explaining's sake. 3 p.m. We have San Francisco Shock taking on Trick Room. At 4 p.m. on Thursday, still March 23rd, we then have Timeless taking on the Vancouver Titans. At 5 p.m. we have the Saints taking on the Los Angeles Valiant. Then, finally, that closes things out for Thursday. So we move on to Friday at 1 p.m., the Atlanta Rain take on the Las Vegas Eternal. At 2 p.m., the London Spitfire take on the Los Angeles Valiant. At 3 p.m., the Atlanta Rain take on the Saints. At 4 p.m., the Vancouver Titans then take on Trick Room. And at 5 p.m., to close things out on Friday, March 24th, Timeless takes on the Florida Mayhem. Then we move to Saturday, March 25th at 1 p.m. The Los Angeles Valiant take on the Las Vegas Eternal. The, uh, sorry, at 2 p.m., the Florida Mayhem take on the Vancouver Titans in what should be a promise or an exciting match for, uh, as both a fan of Florida and Vancouver, I'm excited to see these two, two teams face off against each other. And I'm actually hopeful that we will get a pretty stellar season from the Vancouver Titans. So I got my fingers crossed for them this year. At 3 p.m., the Las Vegas Eternal then take on the London Spitfire. At 4 p.m., the San Francisco Shock take on Timeless. And to close things out on Saturday, March 25th, at 5 p.m., the Saints take on the London Spitfire. Then, to close things out on Sunday, March 26th, at 1 p.m., the Vancouver Titans take on the San Francisco Shock. Old rivalries will be born again. At 2 p.m., the Los Angeles Valiant take on the Atlanta Reign. At 3 p.m., Trick Room takes on the Florida Mayhem. At 4 p.m., the Las Vegas Eternal takes on Saints, the Saints, sorry. And finally at 5 p.m., Trick Room will take on Timeless in what is assured to be an exciting matchup uh, with both of them being contenders teams. And I believe that's our first contender versus contender, is it not? I'm just scrolling back and taking a quick look through. 
yes, that does appear to be the first contender versus contender match. So Trick Room against Timeless. Of course, no doubt those two teams will be at each other's throats and both will be fighting for their lives. Now, moving on, that then takes us, or that is, of course, the complete weekend of March the uh, well, I guess that's Thursday through Sunday. So that's not just the weekend, but that is March 23rd through 26th. Now, of course, if you're an avid listener of One Man Watchpoint, you know that we recur- record every other week. So there will be no episode next week, of course, uh, posting on March 29th or anything like that. So I'm actually going to cover the games for that weekend as well right now. Let's jump on over there. And, of course, that means that Thursday, March 30th, at 1 p.m., the Toronto Defiant will kick things off against Twisted Minds. At 2 p.m. on March 30th, the Washington Justice will take on Peps. Then, at 3 p.m., the Houston Outlaws take on the Toronto Defiant in what is surely going to be a tough matchup. The Los Angeles Gladiators at 4 p.m. will then take on Wisp. And at 5 p.m., closing things out on Thursday, March 30th, the New York Excelsior will take on the Houston Outlaws. Then on Friday, March 31st, the Los Angeles Gladiators will take on Peps again. Or not again, sorry, Peps make playing their second game. At 2 p.m., Redbird Esports will take on Twisted Minds in another matchup of Contenders v. Contenders. At 3 p.m., the Boston Uprising take on the Los Angeles Gladiators. At 4 p.m., the Toronto Defiant take on Redbird Esports. And finally, at 5 p.m., closing things out on Friday, March 31st, Wisp takes on the Boston Uprising. Then, kicking things off on April 1st, Saturday, April 1st, at 1 p.m., Twisted Minds takes on the Houston Outlaws. At 2 p.m., Peps takes on Wisp in another Contenders v. Contenders matchup. At 3 p.m., the Boston Uprising take on the Washington Justice. At 4 p.m., Redbird Esports takes on the New York Excelsior. At 5 p.m. on April 1st, Wisp takes on the Washington Justice. Then, finally, to close things out for this opening weekend in April, or opening April weekend, I don't know how to phrase that, Uh, at 1 p.m. on Sunday, April 2nd, Twisted Minds takes on the New York Excelsior. At 2 p.m., Peps takes on Boston Uprising. At 3 p.m., the New York Excelsior take on the Toronto Defiant. At 4 p.m., the Washington Justice take on the Los Angeles Gladiators. And finally, at 5 p.m., closing things out for the first weekend in April, the Houston Outlaws take on Redbird Esports. And, of course, that means that we will then officially be in the week of April 3rd through 7th. So that means I will be recording another episode before games kick off on April 8th and 9th to close out the Pro-Am West tournament. So I'm not actually going to cover those uh, or that schedule. But, of course, if I look at that schedule, it's not actually set yet because we need these other matches to happen so we can find out who our winners are and who will be playing in that final single elimination tournament. Um, looking at the times here, things do kick off Saturday, April 8th at 1 p.m., The game following is at 2.30 p.m., then 4 p.m., then 5.30 p.m. And then, of course, we have our uh, third, fourth place match. Or I guess we have three matches on Sunday there. Um, So that would be seeding the third place match and the first place match, of course. And those matches actually occurring. So 
exciting stuff. That is that is a look at our tournament and how things will progress over the next few weeks. So of course, Thursday through Sunday, we'll see games this week. The following week, Thursday through Sunday again. And then finally, the Pro-Am West will conclude on just a Saturday-Sunday uh, single limb tournament. So very exciting stuff. I'm pretty jazzed to see some of these teams back in action. Um, I certainly won't be catching all these games because, man, that would be tough. But, hey, while I'm at work, I'm definitely going to have some of them on. So there you have it. And with that, that actually takes us to the end of our show. So why don't we go ahead and wrap things up? I'm not finished. Well, everybody, thank you so much for listening to episode 102 of One Man Watchpoint and Overwatch podcast. As you no doubt know by this point, this is an Overwatch podcast where we talk about everything going on in the wonderful world of Overwatch and, of course, the Overwatch League. Once again, if you're a returning listener, thank you so much for coming back week after week, and thank you for listening to me. I would highly encourage you to keep on listening. And if you don't mind, of course, leave a review, share the podcast with a friend, whatever you can do, as I like to keep doing this thing. I'm your host, Sir Dr. Jam. That's at Sir DRJM on all socials, but especially over on Twitter, where you can follow me, you can tweet at me, you can DM me with questions, comments, concerns, topics, inquiries, whatever you've got for the show as they pertain to Overwatch, Overwatch League, Blizzard games, games in general. I'd like to talk about video games with you, so hit me up over there. You can, of course, find this podcast on all your favorite podcast services out there, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, etc., etc., so leave us a review. Wow, that was that was a jumbled mess. Leave us a review, tell your friends, give us a follow, all that jazz. And of course, if you enjoyed what you heard here, check me out over on the Ready Set Pwn podcast where I am your third chair. You can catch Ready Set Pwn on all your favorite podcast services as well. Enjoy the Pro-Am West tournament this weekend. Of course, this is our first chance to see a lot of these Overwatch League, these new Overwatch League teams in action this season. And of course, this will also, for many people, be the first time they're seeing some of these contenders uh, teams in action as well. So it promises to be a lot of fun and a great time. So without further ado, thanks so much for listening again, and we'll catch you in two weeks' time, just before the finals for the Pro-Am West. K.O.